Welcome to the Equip and Encourage podcast. My heart and prayer is to be an encouragement to you in your pursuit of Jesus and to equip you in the advancement of His kingdom. If you'd like to connect with me further, head on over to my website at pastorjoshleadership.com. Hey everybody, I hope you are having an awesome week. Well, hey, I am working on getting all this production end of things going, so I hope you're bearing with me. I'm super excited about this season and what's happening with the Equip and Encourage podcast. Thank you guys so much for the positive feedback last week. In fact, if you want me to keep going, this is what we do. We only do this if I am being a source of encouragement to you, so let me know in the comments, share the podcast, subscribe, leave feedback, leave ratings, reviews, all that stuff encourages me to keep encouraging you. Well, hey, I want to talk a little bit today about something that's been kind of a buzzword lately, but I don't want to talk about it because it's a buzzword. I want to talk about it because it's been something that has been on my heart for the last several years, probably the last five or six years. And I want to talk a little bit about deconstruction and uh, what a lot of people are going through that. My encouragement to people is, hey, don't deconstruct, reconstruct. And I understand that does mean some deconstruction at certain levels, but I want to get into that today. But before I get into that, I want to get into this week's equipping session. You know, every single week we talk about something uh, that I'm consuming, that helps me, that encourages me, and I am sharing that with you. And today I wanted to take a little bit different slant, and it's actually a way for you to give back. And that is through a, a mission that we've inherited called Transform Haiti. And what Transform Haiti is, it's an organization, a missions organization that provides hope for the Haitian people. The plan in Haiti is not just to go in and do a crusade, but actually generational discipleship. And we are doing that uh, through an orphanage, through churches, uh, through schooling students. And so we actually are looking right now at a 40-year plan in Haiti. And so uh, next week, we're going to try to come live from Haiti. I'm going to be trying to attempt that with my amazing wife, Leslie. We're going to be in Haiti all next week, getting some paperwork and things done. And so it's just an opportunity for you to partner with us. And so if you would like to get more information about Transform Haiti, go to transformhaiti.life. Just the word Transform Haiti and then dot life. And so you can go and check that out. See a little bit about our history. There's some videos on there, a little bit of information and ways that you can partner with us. So I know that's kind of asking something from you, but I believe that if we give out, we'll be encouraged as followers of Christ and as as generous people to, to minister to the poor. The scripture says that if we minister to the poor, if we care for the poor, we're actually lending to the Lord. So it will be a great encouragement for you to invest somewhere where you're not already invested. Well, I want to talk today about this difficult thing called deconstruction. I don't know there's a lot of blogs about it. Everybody's got an opinion. And so I want to share a little bit, uh, not really a, a, my opinion about it, but a little bit of my heartache and, and things like that, just with, with the whole issue of people abandoning the faith. And, you know, for me, I came to the Lord 
in the early 90s and Christianity was really experiencing in the U.S., we were experiencing a lot of renewal. God was really moving. Uh, I got saved during that time. But as we know, as we got a little bit closer to the turn of the century, that things just started to shift. The internet kind of became a little bit more prominent. And what we saw is Christianity actually became very fashionable. It became popular to become a Christian. And so it kind of became cool. You know, Christian music was finally getting cool. Youth groups were cool. You know, it seemed like we, like the culture of Christianity was kind of a little bit more on the cutting edge. So it kind of became a trend for people to become Christians. And then we saw this movement happen all throughout the early 2000s. You know, again, this fashionable Christianity. And I think there were a lot of problems with that. I think many people came to Jesus for the wrong reasons. A lot of people came to Jesus for what Jesus could do for them. A lot of people came to Jesus because God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And instead of really giving their lives for God's plan, they were wanting God to fit into their plans and make them better and improve their life. And I think all those things happen. I will say that. I do believe all those things happen. However, that is not the primary reason we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus because we're sinners and we need God and we want to fulfill God's purposes, not our purposes on the earth. And so because I think of that kind of reasoning by coming to Jesus, I think that we also got into some things that were really destructive uh, to the faith of a lot of people because what happened is is they might have experienced some persecution, uh, American persecution, somebody maybe not liking you that much because of Jesus. And so they thought, well, this is too hard, so I'm going to abandon it. It's not the, it's not the plan that I was promised. It wasn't what I bargained for. And so many people begin to neglect the Lord. So what we've seen over, you know, the last 10 years of, is we've seen this this kind of departure from evangelicalism. And so I, I never really considered myself an evangelical. And uh, so when people started using that word, I was like, what, what does that mean? You know, what is what is an evangelical? I'm just a Christian. And so but what we've seen lately, especially since, you know, since Donald Trump became the president, some things like that, and because you know, we're so politically divided that a lot of Christians, a lot of evangelicals sided with the quote unquote Republican party or on the right. And so there's became this divide and many people started saying, well, I'm not, I don't want to be known as an evangelical, but it went a little bit deeper than just calling yourself an evangelical. People are actually starting to turn their backs from Christ and Christianity and Jesus's church. And for me, that's very troubling, not just because I've worked in the church for the last uh, 25 plus years, but because I've known a lot of people personally that have that have started rejecting Jesus and rejecting his church. And it, it's really hit home for me. And it's not just the celebrities that we've seen that have come out. There's actually been a lot of people that were, you know, musicians, bands that, that I've known personally over the years, that people that have just abandoned their faith. And it's troubled me in a lot of ways. And and so what we're what what the terminology for this is is people that basically quit Christianity or quit Jesus. They call this deconstruction. And many people have had that journey. And again, I'm encouraged I'm encouraging people to go for uh reconstruction, not uh, simply uh, deconstruction. And again, this is something that I've seen with people before. It was trendy. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of people that I've invested my life into being a youth ministry over the years, uh, people that have just quit serving Jesus. And it's very heartbreaking for me. I'm not whining, but but it, but it troubles me that, man, did they, sign, did they not know what they were signing up for? Did they not know uh, what they were getting into with Jesus when Jesus said, hey, this will really cost you 
everything. And I think that when it came down to everything, people just weren't willing to pay that price. And, and I want to encourage you, if you're like me and this has bothered you, I want to encourage you in this that we should have seen this coming. I mean, Jesus promises in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, he says, because of the increase of wickedness on the earth, the love of most will grow cold. Some translations say many, but that word in the Greek, grow cold, is actually the word wax cold. It's like wax in a candle was burning hot and it was soft and it was moldable, but moldable. But eventually when that fire went out and it began to grow cold, it was no longer able to change form. And this is what happens when in, when wickedness increases on the earth. Many people say, you know what? I'll just go with the wickedness. I'll allow my heart to grow cold. I'll lose my affections for Jesus and my heart gets hard. And this is what Jesus promised. This is not, not something that should surprise us. This is actually in the context of speaking of the end of the age. And scripture speaks a lot of a great departure from the faith and apostasy from the faith that many people are going to abandon the Lord. But my hope is that you will remain, that you will stay fast. Because in that next verse, Jesus said, but those who endure till the end will be saved. And I want to encourage you with some of those points today. Today's talk might be a little bit longer than usual. One more passage of scripture that I want to jump into kind of what I think some of the reasoning of this is and pitfalls and preventions of, of deconstructing. Jesus is speaking to the, the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, it says, yet I hold this against you. You're doing pretty good, but I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Revelation chapter two, verse four, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. Love me like you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. What is a lampstand? A lampstand is a place of heat. It's a fire and a heat. And so I think that many people have just stopped doing the things that they did at first. They stopped worshiping God like they did at first. They stopped getting in the word like they were at first. They stopped having devotional times. I know a lot of people, I've had a lot of conversations with people who said, you know, when I came to Jesus, I was so on fire, but as the years have gone, by my fire is dimmed. And my question is always, are you still in the word? Are you praying? Are you, are you digging into Jesus? Do you worship like you did? And usually the answer is no. And I'm like, well, there it is. You've, you've neglected the things that you've done at first. You neglected your first love, just as Jesus talks about there. Pitfalls and provisions, pitfalls and Preventions. This isn't an exhaustive list. These are just some thoughts that I've had over the past week as I've prepared for uh, this chat today. First thing is this, is the packaged gospel. And the packaged gospel would be this. God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. All you have to do is just ask Jesus into your heart. There's no preaching of sin. There's no preaching of lordship. There's no preaching of, of surrender your life to Jesus. It's really just about adding Jesus on, praying a simple prayer, and everything's going to be all good. God will be with you forever. And I think that this has destroyed a lot of people, and we hit on this earlier. So um, one of the things that we've done in this movement is I, I, I think 
churches, pastors, leaders. Uh, I've been this way at time of at times. I've been guilty by judging our success by how many people raise a hand or pray a prayer or say the sinner's prayer. And then what we've done with that is we've said, man, that's a notch on my belt. We've led another one to the Lord. And then a couple years later, they're nowhere to be found. Beloved, the great commission that Jesus gave us wasn't to make decisions, wasn't to get people to pray prayers. It was to make disciples of all nations. And I think we've got off that. And so now we're seeing a lot of those people that prayed a prayer they're not discipled. They're not brought in. We didn't bring them into the kingdom. And so they fall away. Uh, maybe they never knew the Lord in the first place. I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say we definitely didn't make disciples. So a packaged gospel. Um, the second is this, a disconnection from church community. Now, when I say church community, I'm not just talking about going to church, church activity, but being connected. Man, for me, I had a great foundation I was in church three times a week, you know, 25 years ago. I realized the world was different then, but there was a commitment to the local church. I remember that we would every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, we would go out after services with our church family and have, and share a meal together. We had community. We were very connected. There was an accountability with our walk with the Lord, and I think that that really helped a lot of us. Uh, stay steady. Now what we have is we have this thing called social media. And so we want to get get off by ourselves so we can connect with somebody on our phone uh, through Facebook. But the problem with that is I love social media. I, I'm, I'm coming to you right now on social media. I think it's a great platform. It's a great opportunity. However, sometimes it's an obstacle because we think that that is authentic, genuine relationships. But reality is is there's no transparency involved. There's no accountability involved. And so what, what's happened is we've substitute real, substituted real community for this community that's based upon your thumbs up, your love, your meme, whatever. And we don't, we don't ever really get to the heart of issues. There's no table conversations. There's just tablet conversations. And those things aren't working very well. And so one of the things that I've noticed because of that and being disconnected from the church, one of the, the things I mentioned earlier is a lot of the bands and, and a lot of the touring bands that, that we saw, we used to promote concerts in El Paso. And a lot of those guys that we knew, man, they, they are totally out of the Christian thing now. And it really breaks my heart. But one of the things that I noticed is none of them were involved in a local church. So the only side of the local church that they were seeing was a negative side. And there is a negative side, but there's a negative side to every relationship with. But what we notice is that when we're in relationship with people, we have more grace for their weaknesses. And so here they are, they're being accused by the church or and they're accusing the church because they're not in relationship. So that they disconnect from the body of Christ. They only had ne- have negative sp- experiences as a lens. And so it's ruined uh, their view of the church. And they focused on the church instead of focusing on Jesus. And this has caused them to allow bitterness uh, to come in and have a root in their heart. So a packaged gospel, a disconnection from church community. Uh, it's so important. You know, you can say what you want. I know there's no s- such thing as a perfect church. If you find one, get out of it. Yeah, I get all that because you're going to mess the church up if you go to a perfect church. But the reality is, is we do need one another and we are all jacked up. There's no such thing as a perfect church, but we need the church. It's God. God's church. You can't love Jesus and hate the church. It just doesn't work that way. He's called. He said the world will know your you. 
will know you because of your love for one another. So we will the the world will know us not for our love for them, but our love for one another. So embrace the local church, embrace the church, get involved in a church that will help you. And I see that this is one of the things that's the first to go. Well, I just don't really fit in. I'm not comfortable, so I won't go to church. And then the deconstruction continues. The third is this is the fear of man the fear of man. Uh, We're so consumed, kind of goes back to the social media thing. We are so consumed with the opinions of people, with being liked, with being famous. Uh, We had a thing happen uh, a couple years ago when my son graduated from graduated from elementary school and half the kids said they wanted to be YouTube YouTubers for their for their career. I'm going to be a YouTuber when I grow up. Well, that whole system is based around popularity. It's based around, around likes. It's based around views. And uh, I'm not not really slamming those kids. But the, the fact is, is we live in an egocentric world that says my value is based upon how many likes I can get, how many subscriptions I can get, how many comments I can get, how many followers I can get. And so what happens is, is we've, we've became, we've become so catered uh, to the opinions of man. This is what Proverbs 29, 25 says. It says, fear of man will prove to be a snare. And this is what we're seeing. The fear of man has proved to be a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is kept safe. So if you want to be kept safe in the flame, you don't want to deconstruct, you want to, you don't want to abandon the Lord, then stop fearing men. Fear God more than you fear men. And I'm going to talk about the fear of the Lord here in just a minute. Paul said this, he said, if I was aiming to fear men, then I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. And so there is a lot there. So Number one, the packaged gospel. Number two, disconnecting from church community. Number three, the fear of man. And number four, allowing the world to define our values and virtues. So that's what we've done. We've allowed the world who don't know God to tell us what love is, right? And so what we say is what? God is love. God is love. And so what we've done is we've allowed people that don't even know God, that aren't in a relationship with God to tell us and to define to us what love is. Instead of going to the scriptures, instead of going to the life of Jesus, we've allowed the world to tell us what our virtues should be. And that is crushing us. And so we need to get back to the biblical definitions. And we're going to get into the Bible in just a minute. We need to get back to what what it really means to love and not the, the Oprah Winfrey kind of love, not slamming Oprah, but from my understanding, Oprah does not follow Jesus. So her definition of love and God's definition of love are completely and totally different. So we so we need to embrace the love that our God speaks of if we're going to follow him. So we've allowed the world to find our virtues and our values. Uh, number five is we've neglected, here it is, the fear of the Lord. We've neglected the fear of the Lord. Uh, Pastor Leslie and I were at a Bethel conference a couple weeks ago, um, the Heaven Come conference here in the Dallas area, and John Bevere spoke. And if, if you've ever heard John Bevere speak on the fear of the Lord, it, you you need to take that opportunity. He's written some books. There's a lot of, I'm sure there's some stuff on YouTube about it, but John Bevere talked a lot, man, and just really hammered on the fear of the Lord. And it rung so true with me because we've seen that people have really, churches, pastors, leaders, uh, followers of Christ, we've really exchanged uh, the 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 holy approach to God, the, the reverence and the awe to God. We've exchanged that for some convenient Jesus that we can just kind of stick in our pocket and walk around that's that kind of caters to my life. Um, Proverbs 1 7 says, the fear of the Lord 
is the beginning of wisdom. And so we've again embraced this worldly view of wisdom and neglected biblical wisdom. We've neglected the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. So neglecting the fear of the Lord. One more. And this is, I believe, where I always see the landslide start to happen. When I start seeing people in their deconstruction process, the first thing that they say, did God really say? This is what what the devil asked Adam and Eve in the garden. Did God really say? And so what there's been is there's been this undermining of the scriptures. And this is always in the process of deconstruction. It's almost always the first thing. Well, did God really say that? Is it, it, do we really have the Bible? And oh, man, wrote the Bible, and you know all these all these weak arguments towards the Scripture. I'm not going to argue for the Scripture today. I can do that in another episode. And you know, there's different views on on the Scriptures. On if, if is the Scripture. Uh, inerrant? Does it have errors in there? There's all these views on that. I think all those are are worth talking about. We are not going to take the time today, but at the end of the day is this, is the Bible the final authority? Is the Bible the final authority? And what happens is people say, well, the Bible isn't the final authority. My conscience is, or what I think is, or my opinion is, or the opinions of others. Those things are their final authority. And so what's happened is we've taken the word of God, we minimalized it, and it has no power in our life to change us. And it also has no power in our life to guide us. So we kind of deconstruct, we eliminate the word, we put it away, or we leave it on a shelf. We don't read the word like we used to read the word. And no wonder our faith is deconstructing. And we live in a quote world, so we're we're taking, uh, we we've exchanged real biblical knowledge, and you know people don't even know Bible stories anymore. People don't know the books of the Bible. People don't even own a paper Bible. They're, it's all digital. Not really saying that there's a problem with that. Thank God for digital Bibles. But what we've exchanged is we've exchanged little quotes, and we've exchanged little out of context scriptures for the actual word of God and allowing ourselves to sit before the word of God and allow God to minister to us. And what's happened is we have not developed the root system that we need. So when the enemy comes in, he is, he's robbed from us the work of God that's happened in our life. So those are my thoughts on deconstruction. I'm encouraging you today to reconstruct your faith. Um, that doesn't mean that your theology isn't going to change. If your theology doesn't change, mine has changed a lot over 25 years. If your theology isn't isn't growing, probably the proper word to say for that is if it isn't changing at some level, then it's probably because you're not in the word. It's probably because you're not growing in your faith. You should be growing. You should be going from glory to glory, learning more, growing more developing more. Well, hey, that's my encouragement to you today. I know it's a heavy subject, but I'm hoping that you'll dig into the word. I'm hoping you'll get before the Lord. I'm hoping your your fire, your fervency will go further and deeper. You go deeper in Jesus than you ever have. Man, God's, God does have so much of himself that he wants you to know and experience. And I guarantee you, you haven't got there yet. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. I sure love you. Have a great week.